All right, tonight we are beginning a brand new series called Remain with our psychedelic logo up there. Really cool uh, tree. So this is, as hard as it is to believe, we've got five weeks left of Reckless before the summer. Five weeks. Isn't that just heartbreaking? I feel like I just got here and now we've got five weeks left. Um, so here's, here's what I'm going to challenge all of you guys. I want you guys to listen. I'm going to challenge all of you guys not to miss the next five weeks. All right, As we close up with this series, uh, do not miss it. I believe that there's some incredible things that God's going to speak to us about um, that has the potential to be life-changing for, for a lot of us in this room. And so even though you may have summer-itis or senior-itis or whatever itis you've got, uh, please don't check out on us over the next five weeks. All right? Cool? Uh, so let's dive right in tonight. Here's the reality for all of us. God has created our, our relationship to, with him to be a vibrant, incredible, life-changing journey that is more fulfilling and satisfying than anything that the world has to offer us. All right? That's, that's true for all of us in this room. That is, that is the type of relationship that God wants us to have with him. And I think there's probably many of us in this room tonight who are experiencing that. I mean, we're blown away at some of the incredible things that God's doing in our life and at what, what he's maybe done on a Nicaragua trip or what he's done recently in our life. And it seems like right now we're in a place where our relationship with God matches up with that. I mean, it's incredible. It's life-changing. It's something that we look forward to every single day to see what God has in store for us that day. But I think if some of us were honest in the room tonight, and maybe many of us were honest enough, maybe our relationship with God looks far different than that. I mean, maybe we would use words like boring and lifeless to describe our relationship with God. I mean, maybe our relationship with God at the moment, we're just kind of going through the motions. It's not all it's cracked up to be. We're kind of trying to figure out, man, is there, is there something that we're missing? Because I see other people around and they're experiencing this vibrant life with Christ and it looks amazing to them. And yet I feel like I'm just stuck in the mud and I feel like something is missing. And so this series that we're going to be in over the next five weeks is for all of us, but especially for those of us in the room that, are, that feel like we're just, we've got our wheels spinning and we're struggling and it's just boring and lifeless and we don't feel like we've got any passion in our walk with Christ. Then this series is especially for you. Okay, I think this is what happens to some of us. And maybe you're like this tonight. We give our lives to Christ, right? We trust Christ. We receive the forgiveness that he offers. Maybe we remember that moment where we gave our life to Christ, we got saved, whatever the terminology you want to use. Maybe it was last year at Rush Camp when we trusted Christ. Maybe it was one night at Reckless. Um, but maybe we can point back to a, a time and we remember when we trusted Christ. And yet we feel like now that, that something is missing. We're kind of, we feel like, man, is it, there's got to be something more. Is this really all there is to it? Is there something that I'm missing because I'm, really, I'm not really experiencing the kind of life that I thought it was going to be? And maybe when we trust Christ, we kind of ask that common question, now what? I mean, now that I've trusted Christ, now that I've given my heart to him, now that he's forgiven me for my sins, now what do I do? 
Like, what does this Christian life look like? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? And we ask that now what question. And maybe some of us don't feel like we get that answered. Or we don't really understand fully what that means. And so we get burnt out and we get frustrated and we're willing to just kind of throw in the towel because we feel like it's not worth it. And I think for many of us in this room, if we were just honest, I think a lot of us are in that category. A lot of us are just frustrated. I believe there is one major difference, one major key that is the difference between us experiencing a passion-filled, incredible, vibrant relationship with God and us experiencing a boring, lifeless relationship with God that makes little to no difference in our life or in the lives of other people around us. In fact, it, when I think about my own walk with Christ, I mean, there, there are times where I've been on both sides of the fence. And I've experienced those moments where it has been incredible and I've just been blown away at what God's been doing in my life. And it feels like God is literally standing next to me because his, his presence feels so real. And yet there are other moments where I feel like, God, I'm, I'm frustrated and I feel like my wheels are spinning in place and I'm not gaining any traction and I'm just bored and I feel like I'm in a desert or in a valley and I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I've been on both sides of the fence. And for me, there has been one major thing that has made all of the difference in the world when it comes to our relationship with Christ. So what's the key to this life in Christ? What is the answer to that now what question that maybe many of us in the room have asked ourselves? I mean, this is, this is the, the context of our entire series and what we're going to be talking about over the next five weeks. So if you guys have your Bibles, I want you guys to look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and this is the passage that we're going to continually come back to over the course of this series. John chapter 15, starting in verse 4. Jesus says this, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All right, so let's give a little context to this passage. All right, Jesus here is talking and he's talking with his disciples and he's in the upper room. All right, and it's the night of his arrest. All right, so the next day, Jesus is gonna give up his life on the cross. And so he says this, and there's a couple other things that he says that he wants to make sure that, he, that the disciples get before he, he goes to the cross. And there are, there are some scholars that think that Jesus primarily is talking about those, those people that claim to be followers of Jesus, and yet they're in it for themselves. All right? And Judas would be a prime example of that. All right? Judas was one of the disciples. He was the one that, that held all the money that the disciples collected, um, but as we know, he was the one that would betray Jesus that night. And so there are many scholars that, are, that believe that Jesus is talking specifically to those people that may play the game, and they may say they love Jesus, and they may claim that they're followers of God, and yet they're really just in it for themselves. They're just going through the motions. And they're not really, they don't really belong to Christ. They're not really followers of him. All right, now I believe that is true. 
But I also believe that Jesus is referring to those of us that are followers of him. All right, to those of us that are believers, that are followers of Jesus, to give us an idea of what it looks like and how we're supposed to live on a day-by-day basis in our walk with him. All right, and Jesus says at the beginning of that, of that passage, he says that the key to our life in Christ is to remain in him. All right, the difference between us remaining in Christ and not remaining in Christ is staggering. Right, Jesus says, those who remain in me will bear much fruit. Those who don't remain in me will do nothing. So he says, the key to everything is to remain in him. If we remain in Christ, we bear much fruit. We experience this incredible, vibrant, vibrant life and relationship with Christ. And yet, if we refuse to remain in Christ, we can do nothing. Right, Jesus doesn't even give us a little bit of credit. He doesn't say you can do a couple things, you can do a little bit, you can do some stuff. He says, you can do nothing. Your life is meaningless. You can do nothing of any eternal value or any significance apart from me. But if you remain in me, your life will bear much fruit. So he says the difference is for all of us to remain in Christ. See, as followers of Jesus, you and I, if we claim to be followers of Christ, we have everything that we need to live this life that Christ has for us. And yet, if we don't remain in Christ, we have nothing. All right, do you guys understand the difference? God has given us everything in our relationship with Christ, and yet the key to it all is for us to remain in Christ. Now, what does this word remain mean? Some versions use the word abide. Maybe that's the the version that you've got. What does the word remain or abide mean? I love this definition of um, of this word. Remain means to remain as one, not to become another or different. Man, I love that. And what, later that night in the garden, as Jesus is praying to the Father, he prays, Jesus, may, may the followers of me, may they be one with me as you and I are one. May they be united. May they be unified with us. May they be together. May they not be separate but may us be joined together. May we be unified with our followers as you and I are unified together. See, Jesus understood the importance of us being unified with him and trusting him and depending on him. And he says here, apart from me, you can do nothing. See, I think that for some of us is is the biggest reason why we are struggling so much in our relationship with God. Jesus understood that it was about us relying on him and depending on him and becoming one with him, not being a separate thing. It's just almost like a great picture of marriage where the two become one. And it's not necessarily the husband and wife, but they act together. They are, they are unified together. And Jesus is saying that's the way that we're to be in our relationship with Christ. Now, what some of us do is we throw Jesus in our back pocket, right? And we walk around with him, and it's almost like he's kind of tagging along with us. And he's important to us, and we kind of let him in on the parts of our life that we want him in. But it's almost like he's just kind of our our little brother, and he's tagging along everywhere we go. And we bring him along, and, you know, maybe we pull him out when we need him or when it's convenient for us. And yet, that's the complete opposite picture of what Jesus is talking about here. 
it's not like we go, all right, Jesus, unify yourself with us. Come on, come along for the ride. And we kind of carry him along and we go along through our life business as usual and we just live the way that we've always lived. And Jesus is just in our back pocket along for the ride. What Jesus is actually saying here is the reverse is true. When we trust Christ, when we give our lives to him, that means we now unify ourselves with him. We now release the things that we want to do, and now we unify and we attach ourselves to him, and we say, God, my life is about you now. We remain in Christ. We sacrifice our life, we surrender our life, and we trust him and we follow him. And Jesus is saying that's what it requires for you to live the kind of passionate life that I've created for you. If you want to bear fruit, then it's going to require you to remain in me. You guys ever seen a flower bloom without the roots and the stem? You guys ever see a tree branch bear fruit while it's detached from the tree branch or the roots? No, I mean, that's insane. And the same is true for those of us that claim to love God. We cannot live this passionate, incredible, vibrant life with Christ and still be detached from our relationship with God. The two don't go together. And yet we try to do this all the time. Maybe it's that struggle in our life that we can't seem to get past. Maybe it's that area of weakness or that area of temptation that we just, no matter how hard we try, we can't get past it. Maybe it's in the conversations we have with people in school or in our, in our homes that we love and we feel like, man, they've got all these problems and it's my job to fix it. And so we try in our own strength to kind of solve their problems because we feel like that's what God's called us to do. And so we try with all of our strength and everything we've got to try to solve these problems and have conversations with people and fix their lives. Maybe it's in the day-to-day decisions that we make and we never think twice about what God wants us to do. Maybe we never take any time to, to open up the Bible and to spend time getting to know God's heart and to figure out, God, what do you want from my life? What does this look like? See, the point is, if any of us fit into any of those categories, if those things kind of describe the way that we live, then we've detached ourselves from the vine. We've disconnected ourselves from the vine. Now, not necessarily in a salvation sense. I'm not saying you've lost your salvation or any of that kind of stuff. But in terms of our connection with God's presence in our lives every single day, we're going through the motions. We've pulled, we've detached ourselves from Christ and we're just spinning our wheels trying to figure out how to do it on our own. And yet God's saying, look, you can't do it unless you remain in me. And I know that that's why a lot of us are so frustrated and we're so ticked off because we wonder if, if we've missed something along the way. And we come in here and we, do, we worship God and we sing songs and we try to live for Jesus and yet we just get frustrated and burn out and we wonder why we can't seem to do this. And we miss all along that Jesus is saying, you've got to attach yourself to me. You've got to depend on me. You've got to remain in me if you want to bear fruit. There are no rogue Christians there are no those people that try to go out and do this thing themselves. You can accomplish nothing if you don't remain in me. 
Now, let's go back to salvation for a minute, all right? In order to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers, we had to attach ourselves to him, all right? We had to place all of our faith and all of our trust in the cross and what Jesus did on the cross for us. And we had to understand that, you know what? I can't fix this problem on my own. Only by trusting in Jesus can I receive the forgiveness for my sins. And so we, we unify ourselves, we attach ourselves, we trust all, place all of our faith and our trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross. And then at that point, we feel like, all right, now it's up to me to live this thing. We put all of our faith and all of our trust in Jesus to save us, and then we feel like it's up to us to live the Christian life. We sort of brush our hands off. We go, hey, God, thanks for that whole salvation thing. Man, that's amazing. Thank you for that. And now we start living every single day, trying to do our own thing and living for God in our own strength and our own power. And all it does is just gets us frustrated. Now that we're forgiven... Now that we've given our hearts and our lives to Christ, now we have the opportunity to remain in Christ every single day, to get up every morning and go, God, I cannot live today on my own. God, I cannot do this. God, you have set me free from my sins. You have forgiven me so that every single day that as I go through life, God, it would be to bring you glory and to depend on you. So God, I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. God, I trust in you. See, Jesus does the work of our salvation, but he also does the work of our transformation. Our responsibility is to remain in Christ and to trust him and to surrender to him, but God is the one that does it in us and through us. See, Jesus gave up his life for us so that it was possible for us to remain in him, to abandon ourselves completely to him. We receive the forgiveness, we are free from our sins, but now we are ready to unite ourselves with God and get up every single day and go, God, I trust you, I depend on you, God, I need you. I've said this a bunch, and, and maybe I've said this here, uh, if I haven't, you guys will hear me say this again, and this is in your notes. If you guys have notes tonight, or have a pen, just write this down. Your success or failure as a Christian is an issue of control. All right? Your success or failure as a Christian is an issue of control. Write that down. Do whatever you got to do to remember that. And don't forget that. If you are sitting in this room tonight and you have trusted Christ as your Savior, you have given your life to him, your life no longer belongs to you. Right, do you guys understand that tonight? If you have trusted Christ as your Savior, your life is no longer your own. You have been bought at a steep cost. It cost Jesus his life. And if you have trusted Christ as your savior, then your life no longer belongs to you. And your life is no longer about yourself, about living every day trying to do what you want to do and try to, try to receive the max amount of satisfaction and fulfillment and do the things that make you happy. That is no longer your mode for your life and your, and your focus for your life. 
if you have received the forgiveness that Jesus offers, you belong to Christ. And it is now an issue of control. The more you try to control your life or the more sin controls you, the less your life will look like Jesus. All right, how many of you guys are control freaks in the room? Be honest. All right, this is hard for us. All right, whether or not we succeed or fail in our relationship with Christ, whether we experience this incredible passion-filled life with Christ or it is dull and it just sucks, the difference is giving control of God or giving control to God every single day. That's the key. The more you try to control your life, the less your life is gonna look like Jesus. Our success or failure is about control. And I think that's where a lot of us have it wrong because we go, man, I want this whole forgiveness thing. God, I wanna receive this, the salvation that you offer. God, I don't wanna go to hell, that kind of stinks. And so we understand that we're sinners and so we repent and we give our hearts to Jesus and God forgives us. And then we just kind of go along through life living the way we've always lived. And then somewhere along the way we go, man, something's not adding up here. This, thing, this whole thing isn't working like I thought it was supposed to. Because we fail to understand that we've got to give control over to God. Our life no longer belongs to, to us. And it's about attaching ourselves to Christ and depending on him. Now let me give you a little bit of an example, and maybe this will help you guys visualize this a little bit. All right, these are some magnets. And I think in a lot of ways, our relationship with God is like this. The more we depend on God, the more we give control of our lives to God, the more we attach ourselves to him and we experience the kind of life that God wants for us. All right, we depend on him, we give him control, we surrender, and all of a sudden we're attached to God. And everywhere God goes, we go. And our life becomes about God because we've attached ourselves, we've unified ourselves with Christ. We've surrendered control of our life to him, and now Jesus owns us. And the purpose of a magnet is to attach itself. Right? So when we attach ourselves to Christ, we're fulfilling the purpose that God has created for us to fulfill. But all of a sudden, when, when we start wrestling control away, when we start dictating the way that we want to live our life, when we start telling God and other people and we start holding on to areas of our life and we resist the things that Jesus wants for us and we're not into the whole obedience thing and we just try to live the life the way that we want to live and we're not ready to surrender to God, all of a sudden it doesn't work and there's resistance there. And we can't attach ourselves to God and it's not conducive to remaining in Christ because we're trying to maintain control of our life. And what good is a magnet if it resists the things that it was created to attach itself to? And the same is true for those of us in Christ. And what Jesus is saying, look, apart from me, you can do nothing. The more you try to maintain control, the more you try to dictate what your life is gonna look like and where you're gonna go and who you're gonna hang out with and the things that you're gonna do with your life and what your life is gonna look like, the more you try to control that, the more resistance there is gonna be to the life that I've created for you to live. But the more you understand that you were created to attach yourself to me, to remain in me, for you to become one with me, the more you surrender yourself and give control to me, 
the more your life is going to look the way that I want it to look. I mean, bottom line, that's what Jesus is saying. Remain in me and you will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the main point for us tonight. And I spent this week trying to come up with this really cool, catchy little phrase that you guys would be like, oh, that's so amazing. Here's what it needs to look like. Here's what Jesus says at the end of the day. Remaining in Jesus is the difference between us accomplishing much and us accomplishing nothing. If you guys don't get anything else out of what we talked about tonight, remaining in Christ is the difference between us accomplishing much and us accomplishing nothing. Now, how do we remain in Christ? A couple quick things and we're done. A couple things, maybe just practically, or for you to feel like, all right, that's great, man. Remain in Christ, that's awesome. How do I actually go about doing that? The first thing is this. Make Jesus everything. All right, sounds simple enough. Very hard to live out. Make Jesus everything. Don't be satisfied with Jesus just being a part of your life. Even if it means he's a big part of your life. Don't just add Jesus to the list. Following Jesus means that he is our only source of sufficiency. We don't attach ourselves to other people or things when only Jesus is the one that can satisfy our needs. We don't trust in relationships. We don't trust in education. We don't trust in our bank account. We don't trust in whatever possessions we can, we can get, our, get a hold of. None of that kind of stuff we find sufficiency in. It's only us attaching ourselves to Christ and understand that only God is our source of strength. God is everything. And so we get up every single day and we go, God, if I'm gonna go over here today, God, it's gonna be about you. God, in this relationship that I'm in, God, this relationship's gonna be about you. God, if I'm on the sports team at school or if I'm in the band or if I'm in chorus or if I play chess or God, if I play video games or God, whatever I do, whatever I live my life for, God, no matter where I go and what I do, no matter what I think about, God, it's gonna be about you. If we make Jesus anything less than everything, then we've made him nothing. If Jesus is anything less than everything in our life, then he's nothing in our life. We have to make Jesus everything. And I know that that's hard for for a lot of us in the room because we come into church and maybe we're still kind of figuring this thing out. We don't really know what we believe. And so we've come to Reckless a few times or maybe we've been coming for months. And we feel like just because we show up, we can check a box and that means that Jesus is important and we can tell people that we're Christian and that's enough. And Jesus is saying, look, if you want to follow me, you've got to give me everything. It's going to require total 100% complete abandonment to me if you want to follow me. And the second thing, I mean, is, is really simple. Spend time with him. You want to know how to remain in Christ? God has given us access to him through things like prayer and through his word. And we've heard this a bunch, especially if we've grown up in the church and it's kind of in one ear and out the other and we know it's important 
and yet we don't really cap, we don't really grab a hold of it and capitalize on how incredible our relationship with God is if we just spend time with him. Don't let a crisis in your life be the only time that you even come to Jesus. When the crap hits the fan in your life, then all of a sudden you go, hey, Jesus, I need help, and all of a sudden you want to get close to him. Don't, allow, don't make it a crisis in your life before you begin to spend time with God and seeking him out. Learn to spend time with God every single day and surrender each day to him. Now, over the, over the next four weeks, we're going to look at some key areas in our relationship with Christ. Some of those things that are, that are the most important for us to remain in Christ and experience the kind of life that Jesus has for us. Things that we can't let go of if we want to experience this incredible life in Christ. For some of you guys in the room tonight, Maybe you're sitting here in the chair and maybe you, you go back to a, a moment and you remember giving your life to Christ. Maybe you remember that moment where you trusted him as Savior. Maybe you've made him the Savior of your life and you've looked to him to save you and to forgive you and yet you've never made him the Lord of your life. You've never come to that moment where you have surrendered everything to him. Maybe you prayed a prayer, maybe you trusted Christ, maybe your salvation experience was, was genuine and you, you trust, trusted Christ and you received the forgiveness. And yet your life is still about yourself. You get up every single day and you go through, through your day and through the halls of your school and everywhere you go thinking about how you can, you can better your life and your life is only about yourself. And you've never actually surrendered control of your life to Jesus and said, God, at the end of the day, I don't want what you want, or I don't want what I want. God, I want what you want. God, whatever you tell me to do, God, whatever you tell me to go, whatever my life is going to look like, God, I don't know, but I surrender control to you. God, I make you the Lord of my life. You are the boss of me. You control me. God, whatever you want me to do, God, I will do it. For some of you guys in the room tonight, it's stopped. It's time to stop living for yourself and start living for Jesus. It's time to stop faking it. It's time to stop going through the motions. And it's time to start surrendering every single day to Christ and giving him complete control of your life. There's no point in making him the savior of your life if you're not going to make him the Lord of your life as well. That's what Jesus wants us to do. Maybe for some of you guys in the room, maybe you're frustrated. You've come for months. You've come for a while. Maybe you sing songs. You feel good about yourself when you leave here from, you know, on a Wednesday night from Reckless. And yet there's never been a moment where you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you feel like because you showed up and you walked through the doors on a Wednesday night that that means that somehow you've checked the box and you're a Christian and yet you've never come to a moment in your life where you've understood your need for God. And you've placed your faith and your trust in him and you're, you've given your heart to him and received the forgiveness that, you've off, that he offers you. Maybe you've never come to a moment in your life where you said, God, I understand that I am a sinner and my sin separates me from you. And God, I need you. 
Maybe you wonder why you're not bearing any fruit. And it's because maybe you're one of those people that Jesus actually was talking about in this passage, of those people that just kind of are superficially attached to him, and yet they're really just in it for themselves. They're just going through the motions. They're just living the life for themselves. But they've never actually trusted Christ as their Savior. I bet for a lot of us in the room, we're in one of those two places. We've either trusted Christ and we've received the forgiveness, but we've never completely surrendered control of our life. And it's time to stop playing games. It's time to stop going through the motions and it's time to start surrendering everything to him. For some of you guys, maybe you've never come to that place where you've understood your need for God. You've never trusted Christ to receive the forgiveness for your sins. Jesus says, remain in me, attach yourself to me, become one with me, and you will bear much fruit. Your life will look radically different than the lives of those around you. It will make an incredible difference in your life. And you will be blown away at the kind of things that God is doing in your life. But man, you try to do this thing on your own, you go through the motions, you don't surrender control of your life, you resist giving up areas of your life, and you will bear no fruit. You will do nothing. The key for us is to remain in Christ. Let's pray. God, I don't know the hearts of of the students that are in this room, but you do. God, you know the struggles that these students have. God, you know the students that are in this room that maybe have been a a Christian for a period of months or years, and and yet they look at their life and they, they feel like something's missing. They feel like there's something that's not right. There's something that's not adding up because they feel like they're they're just spinning their wheels and they're going through the motions and they're not seeing any difference in their life. God, maybe there are students in the room, and I bet that there are, that they've walked into this room tonight and they have never trusted you as their Savior. God, they've never come to a moment where they've understood their need for you, or maybe they've understood their need for you, and yet they've just held back, and they've resisted giving you control and trusting in you. God, our success or failure as a follower of you is about control. The more we try to dictate how we're going to live, the more we try to maintain control, the more we try to say how we're going to live and the things that we're going to do and the places we're going to go and what our life's going to look like, the less it's going to look like you. God, I pray that we would stop going through the motions. God, I pray that we would stop just giving parts of our life to you that are easy to give and holding on to areas of our life that we're not ready to relinquish. God, I pray that we would give you every area of our life we would surrender complete control to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you and you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. God, help us to be people, followers of you who remain in you, who depend on you, who give you control and who watch as you blow us away by the things that you're doing in us and through us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.